Lights. Camera. <laughs> I'm gonna pee in your mouth. I mean, I was gonna do Can You Feel the Love tonight, but you know, I guess that's another I, way to go at it. Listen, hold on a second. That is one way of showing your love. It, look, I just wanna say to all the people that are into that, we here at Cinemagic do not kink shame. If if that's Unless you're what's, R. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> so with that, welcome to Cinemagic Podcast. Seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I wake up in this strange house. <laughs> I see this woman next to me. And I think, oh my god, I better hide in the closet. <laughs> that is my favorite co-host in the world. I can't fucking believe. Please don't mute me. Don't cancel me. I do not. I do not. I am not a fan of R. Kelly's personal perversions. I used to be a fan of his music. But I am not a fan of the man, and I'm not really a fan of the music anymore because every time I think about it, it's like terrible feels. So, you know. And I'm Jonathan Gondwal, the co-host who agrees with Rick. Did I ever tell you the story of... I feel uh, like you just kind of fucking glazed that over and let me take all the shit here, man. No, I'm, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I was gonna, every time the story, I was young, um, and I used to love R. Kelly's music, too. Uh, who didn't? So I was... Who, who did it? You know, back when Space Jam was coming out, uh, and I believe you could fly was on. Uh, so, you know, this is... This now is that took me. a whole new meaning, didn't it? After a yeah, while, yep, you know? Uh, there was young me running through the house, just singing R. Kelly, going, I believe I can fly, right? And I was I was running. I was uh -huh. running through the house, and I wanted to run outside to, like, jump, to do really do the fly as a singing, and my cousins were chasing me. Uh, and I saw the back door open. So here's me, little me, just running, going... I believe I can fly by jumping in the air, putting my arms out, and I bust right through the screen because I, I didn't see the screen. And so I broke our whole screen door by singing I could believe I could fly by. Yeah, I used to, I like much like yourself, I used to be a, a fan of R. Kelly's music. And before that, and you know, obviously this is going to lead us right into Valentine's Day. Before, <laughs> before, like up to the point where you know you know how you don't want to sometimes believe certain things and you're like let's give them the benefit of the doubt even though that's clearly him urinating um there was a, a concert that i saw a freaking uh like clip of on youtube and i think it was in, in thailand if i'm not mistaken which is known for having you know a lot of kinks in certain areas in certain it's i'm not you know i'm not saying thailand it's a beautiful place a lot of history, great people, great food, all of that. But like any place that has its own kinks. And so I think it was in Thailand and he's like singing, Oh, I think I got it now, everyone. Would you like to come with Ra back to America? Get your shots. Get I was like, oh, I what in the actual hell is this guy singing? He's literally invited. Like this is, this is like not even code. This is straight up the sex trafficking song. I was yep. like, damn, holy shit, man, you, you need to, like, it's very hard. I mean, no wonder you're getting muted at this point, right? <laughs> so, um, and with that, let's talk about Valentine's Day, man. It's all about love and hearts and mucho amor and, you know, stuff. Mucho amor, love. 
So, uh, as a big fan, I'm I'm going to suggest this because many of you may not know this, but I used to be, I still am, a huge rom-com fan. That's right, your boy here loves romantic comedies. Um, back in my dating life, before I met the love of my life, shout out to Amy, I love you. Um, before I <laughs> and a wonderful and a, and a wonderful wonderful person were not for her and her suggestions we would have not found the very best steak uh, in the valley we're still looking for you thank yeah. you Amy for that steak you know it's a whole new love affair with a steak uh, yep but back in the day I used to like really love watching romantic comedies mm-hmm. and then have unrealistic expectations of what I should do on dates and try to recreate those out on dates. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do. So I love those. And as a kid who got heartbroken a lot, I say this, I, I used to find myself to be a helpless romantic, falling in and out of love every other day. Right. Uh, but I used to love romantic comedies. They would make me feel better and good and warm and fuzzy on the inside and believe in love and the one. Um... Love is a wonderful thing, uh, especially when taken in moderation. Um, <laughs> what I love about rom-coms is that as I was doing my research, and I've got actually my computer pulled up for this because I was fascinated um, just by how many hybrids that you wouldn't even recognize, like shit that you would think is not technically considered even close to romantic comedy, apparently. And, and, and I'm looking through this stuff, and I'm like, I could sort of see this now looking back uh, would be considered technically romantic comedies Um, I loved romantic comedies um, you know especially because you know you always see uh, you always see a lot of a lot of love man a lot of love love is a good thing (laughs) it is it is there's something about the romantic comedy drama uh Genre. Uh, yeah. Genre. Uh, that is so much better. Like, I'm not... I love romantic comedies, but I'm not really the biggest, like, drama romance person, right? Like, let's say The Notebook. The Notebook, for me, is too dramatic. I, I don't really watch those type of movies. But give me, like, you know, Failure to Launch, When Harry Met Sally, all these other ones. I'm, I, How to Lose I'm a Guy in 10 Days. Seattle. I'm there all day. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm there all day. Yeah. It, it, it's the nice pairing, because... I, Love is dramatic, I get it. It's drama, it's heavy, it's hard. But in romantic comedies, it's nice to be light about it and make it feel so welcoming or warming or things actually work out. There's just something about romantic comedies that I always go back to because it just makes me feel good. I think it's a, it's a really feel-good types of movies, you know what I mean? I think what I, what I like, what I've always liked about romantic comedies is it, it takes the drama away from love because love is 100% dramatic like you know either you love somebody desperately or you know and they love you and and that uh, brings forth the best and worst of you or it's like a number of just horrible things uh, waiting to happen because that's real life you know so you want to you want to get a light spin on that and you know, what better way to do it than, than through something that will get you laughing together, you yeah. know? So, I mean, for me, that's what rom-coms have always been. Now, obviously, there are some rom-coms that, are, that fall within a very specific formula, 
and apparently there's like 20,000 hybrid genres that I didn't know about that you're probably going to be surprised to hear about. So, you know, it's, uh, I, it's quite interesting to me. I'm really excited to hear about it. But here's one rom-com I always think that people never think is a romantic comedy. That is people's favorite movie, but they don't think of it as a romantic comedy, and they'll be like, oh, I don't like rom-coms. But if I bring this up, they'll be like, I love this movie. The Princess Bride. Perfect example of that. That is a great rom com. And that it's a hundred percent a rom com. Nobody can say. I think the problem is that with rom coms people expect the uh, general idea that you would see anywhere else, which is boy meets girl, boy falls for girl, they have a series of dates, then eventually something happens, there's tears, then they come back together at the end of the day. Um you know, I think when you're talking about something like Princess Bride, you add that sort of fantasy element to it, and it's like, well, it's no longer an out, it's no longer a rom com because it's got Andre the Giant and it's got Billy Crystal dressed like as a, a troll, you know, a witch or something like that, you know, and and it's got all of these other fantastical elements, but you know, it still falls within that because it is about boy and girl getting together at the end and riding off into the sunset and rom-coms from come specifically are like you know from romances of 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 those periods of time or based in those periods of time so yeah i i 100 agree with that i don't know why no one would actually see that as a romantic comedy it is yeah you know but you know when people talk about it no one really ever talks about being in rom-com like oh it's a great fantasy movie it's a great movie for Be- kids because I think, like, I think it's because they, they 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 fall under like that idea of what you said about um oh it's not romantic because of this this and this and I don't like romantic movies and therefore this is not a rom-com which I think again if you understand hybrid genres it is a rom-com 100% you know, in, yeah. in very big part. That's like the crux of the story. Yeah, and I love it. And so for anybody out there who's thinking, I don't like rom-coms, if you like The Princess Bride, you like rom-coms, right? <laughs> you like rom-coms. Whether you know it or not, you like rom-coms. Um, all right. And, yeah. and, and listen, everybody, all the big actors out there do rom-coms. There ain't nothing wrong with it as a genre. There's nothing wrong with liking it. Um, I don't care whether you're doing Marvel movies or Oscar winners, you've probably done a rom-com. <laughs> Some point in your life doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> rom-coms are great. I, I just want to... I think there's a lot of hate on rom-coms or rom-coms are considered only for women or something else. I want to throw all that away. Rom-coms are for everyone. Rom-coms are great. Rom-coms make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So, watch some rom-coms, man. And we're let, gonna talk about some rom coms. Let me genres. let me let me break down some of the genres for you so that people yeah, can understand. I hear these genres. So, so all of you can hear of all these great genres and movies that you should be watching and thinking about. Oh, by the way, Rick, uh-huh. you know what you know what technically is a romantic movie, but it had no comedy elements in it? Hmm. Matrix Resurrections. Are you talking about the last one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a love story about Trinity and Ea. Yeah, that's true. It's also technically a movie, but not really. It doesn't have the elements of a movie. Yeah, I'm not calling it a rom-com because there is no comedic elements in that movie whatsoever. I, I, I mean, I want to believe. I want to believe. I, I, you know, I see what you're saying, 
But I have to remember like half the shit that I saw. So you're asking, this is a bit big ask. I know your point, and I want to be there for you, bro. This is a big ask. Like, it's, I'm all about the love. I even dressed in red. I cannot, for the fucking life of me. There, there I go. See, even with the love, I got a curse. I cannot. I cannot. I just we, we're gonna park that and we're gonna leave that car there for someone else to grab. All right. I'm just saying, it's a rom-com. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an action rom-com. All right, so there's popular rom-coms, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tag, Big Time Adolescence, Tall Girl, yep. um, Other Woman, The Kissing Booth, Yep. Mama yep. Mia, but like, let's see, Onward, um, Lady Bird, yep. Aladdin, the live version, I'm assuming. All right, and then there's action rom-coms. Now this, this, these are interesting now, okay? All right, um, give, give me a good action rom-com. Uh, this means war. Hancock. A Knight's Tale. I can see... I'm, I Did see Knight's Tale. I can see Knight's Tale as a rom-com with action because it has those elements. I, I can see it now. Kind of. Sort of. Is that... I, no, a Night's Tale is definitely a, a romantic movie, but I don't know if it's a rom-com. I don't feel like it's comedy. I think it has comedic aspects because of the guy and his sidekick. Kind of. So I guess if you want to go there. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, yeah. You're going to love this one. Uh, Deadpool's 1 and 2. Action rom-com, I mean, Deadpool 1 and 2. So, Deadpool 1, definitely. Deadpool 1, it's, he talks about it, he narrates it. It's, it's all about the love of his life and who she is there. So, I get that one. Deadpool 2, though? It, coming back together, technically, and her death, and then him being try, trying to bring her back to life, and just, all this other shit, you could make a very passing argument. Very passing. I could see Deadpool 1. Deadpool 2 seems not... I wouldn't call Deadpool 2 a rock out. Deadpool 1, I'm with you. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Ant-Man and the Wasp is not a romantic comedy. And I'm going to say this because Paul Rudd is one of my favorite romantic comedy actors. He was in a romantic comedy such as... Clueless. Clueless. Rock-com. I love you, man. Rom-com. Uh, let's see here. Halloween uh, 7, rom-com. Wanderlust. I'm sorry? <laughs> Halloween 7, rom-com. I mean, it was funny. Anchorman, Anchorman 2, those are rom-com. Uh, <laughs> Can you believe we're out of Anchorman? Oh my god, that is so true. An- Anchorman's a rom-com. It is, uh, it is a rom-com. You can't take that away from it. Um, Anchor. That, that is a rom-com. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I love you, man. He was in 40-year-old version, wasn't he? 40-year-old version? Yeah, he was. He was actually well, one of the funniest parts of 40-year-old version, I gotta, I gotta admit. So, you know, so you have role models. Um, uh, 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 they come together. The one he did with Amy Poehler was really good. Um, so, we got uh, Person Being a Wallflower, which is another one. Knocked, oh, no, he was in Knocked Up, I think. Yeah, but would you say that Person Being a Wallflower is really a comedy? Because that was kind of fucking depressing, man. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a rom com per se. I would call that more like a teen angst type situation. It was also on Friends, which you know, or whatever yeah, that's worth. Okay, so I'm here. I'll get you that one. Wet Hot American Summer, right? I'm not done yet. I, I can tell you how many romantic comedies this man has been in, right? Uh, did I say forgetting Sherry Marshall yet? Because he's in that one. All right. Licky licky Yaman. I remember that. <laughs> he's like the Hawaiian. He's the Holly playing the Hawaiian. Oh my God, that is fucking awesome. And then there's the object of my affection with Jennifer Aniston, right? Uh, and I could never be your woman, also in there too. He has been in so many romantic comedies that to say Ant Man in the no way. Not even as an action rom com. No. What what's the romantic comedy elements of Ant Man in the Wasp? Um, they don't even get together in that one. Wait, wait is that one or two? Wait, 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 wait. Is that one or two? I don't remember. Is that the second one? Ant Man and the Wasp is the second. Um, when no, she dies in that one. There's the snap, and she dies, and everybody dies. Yeah, you're right. I don't really understand. Um, oh, oh, another rom com apparently here is um Howard the Duck, where interspecies dating. Howard the Duck is a rom-com. Yeah. I'll give you Howard the Duck is a rom-com. All right. So romantic horror comedies. Okay. This one, prepare yourself. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Definitely. Rocky Horror Picture Show is a rom-com. I love going to Rocky Horror Picture Show nights, uh, the theater nights. I love doing that. Those are great. I haven't done one in a while, of course, because of the pandemic. Yeah. it's it's show. It's been a while. And, um, all of the, uh, let's see... Shaun of the Dead. Definitely a rom-com. Right. And the best zombie movie. By being a rom-com, it actually is the best zombie movie as well. well it, um, this one I don't get, so please explain it to me, because I actually don't get how this would be a rom-com uh, or a rom-com. Um, uh, Scream 3. So how's that a rom-com? Is I... it because of Dewey and... and like the characters of, of David Arquette and and um, Courtney Cox that provides some sort of like comedic levity, but it's not a comedy. No, it's just like <sighs> Scream, Scream 3 is a meta movie, so the comedy comes from its meta ness, but I really wouldn't call it a rom com. No, I wouldn't either. Especially in horror rom coms, because as you mentioned, Rocky Horror Picture Show, you mentioned, um, what's the one you just mm-hmm. mentioned? Sorry. Scream 3 was the last one I no, just No, before mentioned. that one. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, definitely. As I said, like, stuff like Happy Death Day and stuff, those are definitely romantic comedies. Because for and foremost, it's the relationship between the two leads falling in love. There's comedic elements, a lot of it, because they're comedies, but horror that also comes in. But if you took away the horror, it would be a typical romantic comedy, which I don't think Scream 3 would really fall into that category. If you take away the horror in Scream 3... I don't think it has any of the romantic comedy elements to it. Yeah. I don't think you have any comedy, really, in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. The romance is not front and center, which I think, for romantic comedy, the romance has to be front and center. It's about the romance. Yeah, right, and the romance isn't really... not a. It's not a part of it. Um, in Shaun of the Dead, it's literally his whole relationship about trying to get back his love. Who wants to break up with him? The zombie apocalypse just happens to be happening. Yeah, there, there's a reason. There's a reason why they don't mention the other Cornetto, the other two parts of the Cornetto trilogy, is because those weren't. I mean, Hot Fuzz didn't even really have a romantic element, if I recall correctly. And then the other one was uh, World's End. It had a romantic ele- element, but it was not 
the prime aspect of the film. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, yeah, moving that's on. I don't like Ant Man and the Wasp. Whatever list you're getting this from, Ant Man and the Wasp and Scream Three definitely don't fit because neither one of those is the couple or the romance. But really see, here's film. here's what I think it's funny about this list that I'm looking at. Right, obviously that there's like a lot of things that are kind of inaccurate. But also, it's the fact that because, and this is something that I think everybody should pay close attention to, is like, there's so many subgenres, hybrid genres, and things like that, that people have a tendency to mix up things that use aspects. Like, if you use an aspect of a rom-com within another hybrid, it's like, okay, it has the romance, but does it have the comedy? Because you have romance in Scream. It, it has two romantic stories that are, in, in, you know, that are linked, which are, you know, the two main characters and the two supporting characters. So you have those, but this, there's no comedy in it. You know, like, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. So for romantic teen comedies, I'm sure you were watching some of these as a teenager. I know I was. Um, and these are pretty accurate. Teenager, I'll watch them right now. <laughs> you heard them. You heard them. Let's see, classics like uh, Freddy, the Freddie Prince Jr. vehicle, She's All That. Of course. Um, teen teen rom-coms are the... Like, are the shit. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll tell you some stories. Uh, Clueless, which we talked about earlier. Another... Again, Paul Rudd, king of rom-coms. No one thinks about it, but Paul Rudd's the king of rom-coms. Uh, no, he's 100%. Because he's got that look, like, kind of like a nice guy that yep. would get the girl at the end because he's like a sweetheart of a guy. And um, he's funny. He is funny. Um, Needed for romantic comedy. Ten Things That I Hate About You. Yep. They recently remade both of those. She's All That, I think it was He All That, and Ten Things Made About You. Um, For, like, the Disney Channel or Netflix? I forget which one. Yeah, that. that's on here as well. He's All That. Yep. Never Been Kissed, which I, I liked. It was it was about the girl that finally Too gets her just due. Although yep. it includes, like, an, an element of framing an individual for messing around with a student when that, in fact, was not the case. So... It kind of has like a little bit of a darkness to it, in my opinion. But that's just me. I'm like, come on, man, you're framing your teacher. That ain't right. Um, We're still yeah. in the horror rom com section, right? Oh, not a fan. Uh, let's see, uh, Cinderella story. Which my God, that kind of tale has been told what like twenty thousand times. Times, yep. Um. Okay, American Pie, Girls Rules. Never seen it. Have you seen that one? Not. I've seen a lot of American Pies, but not Girls Rules. But American Pie is a teen romantic comedy. The original American Pie is a teen romantic comedy. That's really now that's the love story between the guy and the pie, right? <laughs> the pie is in it, but no, it's between him and the girl. The pie is only a sex object, correct? Yeah, it's only a sex right, object. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You it's can like, never. You can never forget you know, the pie know, fucking scene. When the guy's dating a girl and he realizes he shouldn't be with that girl and ends up with the other girl, that's the pie. The pie is the girl he's originally with. <laughs> you know, which, which if you're ever going to date, remember, don't date a pie. An actual pie, I mean, it's a, it's a food. 
And you know, it wasn't the pie's fault. The pie was warm. It was gooey. It was always there for him. You know, don't hate on the pie. I, I'm not hating on pie, man. Who the fuck is? Why, why would you hate on pie? Fucking, that's not that's not right, man. Uh, fantasy rom coms, like let's see, uh, thirteen going on thirty. Yep, that's um, that's uh, which that one is weird. You want to talk about framing? That's a weird. One. That I've never. You, I gotta be honest with you, man. As far as rom coms go, I have never liked the premise of. I want to go back to 13-year-old me as a 50-year-old man. It's like they kind of talked about that in, in Hot Top Time Machine and how fucked up that is. Because it's like, you know, you're going back to 13, but you're really 50. But, you know, 13-year-old you has the virility of a 13-year-old, but, like, the sex drive of a messed up 50-year-old. That's bad. See, see, I feel you. But that Hot Top Machine, but 13 going on 30 is not that one. Her 13-year-old self gets transferred into her 30-year-old self. It's just as bad. She tries. And that's actually worse. That's actually worse than On Top Time Machine. Yeah, yeah. In in print, okay, like, in principle, in principle, that is some bad shit. You got it. Just like Big, which is also a romantic comedy, Big is also weird. Wait a second, wait a second. Okay, so I'm going to tell a story about Big real quick, all right? Uh, All right. I watched Big when it first came out. Yes, I'm ASF, but, you know, still, still keeping it together. So I watch big, we were in summer camp and a lot of times we, and I don't know if you ever did this in summer camp where you would have a movie day, it was usually on a Friday and we went to watch big. All right. So Elizabeth, uh, was it Elizabeth Perkins that was uh, the, the female lead to Tom Hanks's big character? I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, that scene where he's very awkwardly feeling her up was like a dream scene for every 10 year old in that theater because that is about the closest you ever got at that age to feeling booby (laughs) and uh, you know again it was a different time so please everyone just keep it together it's it's just this is the way we thought back then. It's like, oh my god, she's got a bra, a bra on, and it's black, and you're getting to see side boob action, and oh man, he's touching her boobies. And, like, he does it in such a way that's so weird and awkward, and at the same time, you're like, ah. It's, you know. Wait, would, Beetle, would Beetlejuice be considered a rom-com, John? Real, real quick side note. No, it wouldn't. No, because it was like, death right yeah um lydia Beetlejuice are not romantically involved they're friends but not romantically involved they they should be romantically involved that would be i don't know Beetlejuice is old as hell lydia's a young teenager i don't know ted too i don't think would be considered a, a rom-com ted or ted too would that be considered a rom-com? ted is no ted's a rom-com but uh, ted too isn't right ted, i know i've seen ted too i'm forgetting ted too right now but ted is a rom-com Scrooge. Scrooge. The anamorphic teddy bear is just part of the relationship between Mark Wahlberg and it. Helps him come together and do that. He's like quirky sidekick character. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, right, they mentioned Big. I don't understand where Casper would be a rom com, though. Oh, Casper's definitely a rom com. But, okay, remind me. F that ghost. She wants to F that ghost, and they make that ghost real at one point so she could feel up on him. 
You know what? Look, let me tell you something. I would want to be a friendly ghost if it was Christina Ricci because she is freaking hot. <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative way, by the way. She's just really pretty. Um, I, I haven't seen her in like the longest time, but I, I would want some of, some of that action too. No, no, no. Casper's a real friendly ghost. He, he a real friendly ghost. Definitely. Uh, Devin Sawa, right? He's the one who played Casper in real life. But, like, when he became cool. real again. But yeah, she was falling in love with Casper. Definitely a rom com. Uh, Casper is also one of those weird movies where one takes place in the Ghostbusters universe. Two, Dan Aykroyd shows up. Or, yeah, yeah. As a Briefly, he's like, who are you going to call? Somebody else. Yeah. So one, and the, the, the three uncles and other stuff were starting to straight up murder people. It's a, it's a real dark kids movie. Real dark. Um, okay, so my favorite romantic slapstick comedy. Slapstick, all right? Which takes that comedy element like 12 extra miles. Yep. Me, myself, and Irene. Oh, I love Me, Myself, and Irene. I, I have... did. I know people hate hated that movie. Why? Okay, okay. That. so can you explain to me, can, can you explain to me how the fuck you can hate a movie that so brilliantly takes slapstick, really clever writing, because the story is just like, it's like a massive clusterfuck that just beautifully comes together, and I mean, the character of Charlie, but even better, the character of Hank, the character of Hank is just like, fucking amazing, I mean, Jim Carrey, that's one of his best performances, I don't understand why people hate that movie, I couldn't fucking get enough of it. I, and I love it. And it's from that era, especially in the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it was actually, that was early 2000s. I had to have, like, a rom-com. Like, crappy <laughs> eyes. So I married an axe murderer. And I had all these other ones. You know, everybody just kind of did a rom-com. And so that was Jim Carrey's one. And I loved it. Uh, of course, he tried to do more serious ones, like Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, yeah. which became less comedy, more drama. But me, myself, and Irene was just, it's, it's, it, it is good slapstick. It has good heart. The couple ends up. It, it, it's funny the, the the trials and tribulations they get to to be together. Uh, it's, it's funny. Yeah, the loss the loss of the finger. Personally, the part the my favorite part of that film of me myself and Irene is when they they've been in the motel and he's like Irene, why am I peeing like we just like I've been having sex all night? And he's like peeing in his face because he's so erect and she's just like. Um, and then she gets this, like, flashback, and you see just Hank, I mean, just all up in there, you know? Well, <laughs> and then they did butt stuff, I believe. <laughs> when she finds um, the lawn darts in his car with the rope and the line. Oh, <laughs> that's so stupid. I love it. Oh, my God. I'm it's a different time, people. It's a different time, okay? We grew up during a different time. You have to understand that this is what appeals to our funny bone, all right? I still think it appeals to everybody's funny bones, all right? Uh, no, because you know, but you're right about what you said. A lot of people hated it. Well, yeah, because it was ahead of its time. <laughs> Apparently the mask is a rom-com? Slapstick comedy? The rom-com. What, um, would Ace Ventura Pet Detective be considered that? The first one, not the second one. The first one. No. Like, he falls in love in it, but it's different. Like, James Bond gets a girl every one, but they're not really romantic comedies. 
relationship is not there. It's Ace Ventura, Pet Detective is a mystery more than a comedy. It's a comedic noir. Nah, it's man. It's a comedic take on a detective. Yeah, movie. I think I think that what I what I would say about James Bond movies is they're not. Unless, like, James Bond's wife is uh, getting killed, which was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, or something like that, James Bond is just an adrenaline film dressed in a tuxedo. That's really what James Bond is and always has been. Yeah. I, think, I think that you can't really... Um, and even the comedy spoofs like Casino Royale with David Niven and Orson Welles and people like that were not considered rom-coms by any stretch of the imagination. There's no... You know, there's it's no like comparison. Ghostbusters, yes, Vakeman and like the other one end up like kissing at the end. But it's not really a wrong com. No, it, it it's got romantic aspect, but again, romantic aspect is is a completely different story altogether. I think, and that's, you know, <laughs> the romance has to be the focus of the story. Like, yeah, the whole thing. A hundred percent. And then it has to be comedic, obviously, to be a romantic comedy. Because you could be a romance movie and not be comedic at all. But it has to be the central focus of the movie is the romance. Um, and all the movies that we're naming are ones where Ace Ventura, the romance is definitely not the focus. It's the mystery. The mystery yeah, is the focus. definitely. So it's, a, it's a comedy mystery. It's really a comedy noir, which is what makes it great. As a person who loves detective and noir movies... Ace Ventura is so funny because it's a comedy noir. Uh, and he kind of has the same characteristics of a noir detective, you know, who's usually drinking hard-boiled by himself, you know, people... Yeah, living, living, living hard, living done. hard. But instead, he's Ace Ventura who does funny calls. And does. So Ace Ventura is great. <laughs> and for those of you that haven't watched uh, Ace Ventura, you'll see a person talk out of their ass legitimately. And of course, it has some gay panic in there, uh, which is not acceptable in the first Ace Ventura. That's uh, a different era. It wasn't acceptable during that time. Uh, comedies loved having gay panic in the 90s. It was all gay panic. Uh, that's the easiest thing to use. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, the problem with that, to me, has always been, and it's always been, it's like a real cheap, uh, it's just for a cheap laugh. Yep. And, you know, you gotta, like, what I, what I think makes a more skillful and crafty romantic comedy is when you're not going for the cheap laugh and and the comedy is about the relationship and how that relationship um, is evolving. Yeah. Um, you know and but it's got to be it's 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 got to be between the players in that relationship. If you bring those cheap laughs from outside, like you said, gay panic and all that stuff. It's cheap. It was cheap then, and it's cheap now. And, but but yeah. it was you know it was never anything. I never thought of that as something that was actually, to be quite honest, necessary um, no. in any film because it's like you know it's. When you look at Ace Ventura, the the the, the reveal that um, Einhorn is Finkel, Finkel is Einhorn, uh, right? And then the throwing up or that one is like. That really is not funny. It, it's really funnier when he's talking out of his ass and chasing a pig. Yeah, I, I, thought, like, I think so, too. Actually, yeah. That's yeah. so much more funny. And funny to this day. Funny then and funny to this day. More than the other stuff ever was. Well, you know, you, you, know, you know they were trying... Yourself. Don't go for the cheap laugh. You know, you know where they were going? You know, when, you know how they were going, like, legitimately try to make it cheap? Like, cheap as fuck? 
Um, there is a film called The Crying Game, which I think came out maybe a year ahead of that, or a couple of years ahead of that, and it won a couple of Oscars. It was a really good film with, uh, I think it was Miranda Richardson, I believe Forrest Whitaker was in it. Um, and so they played the, the theme for The Crying Game. You know, and it's like, come on, man. Like, is it really yeah. necessary to do that? You know? Yeah, yeah. and that's a, so yeah, that's a comedy tip for everyone. Don't always go for the cheap laugh. If you want a cheap laugh, put a fart joke in there. That's a cheap laugh. But it's timeless, doesn't really punch down at anyone, and you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> and also, um, also, one thing that I would recommend is fucking stay away from the underage themes. Because if you watch a lot of Woody Allen's most well-known films, they were fucking notorious for that shit. It's like, I'm 17. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 62. That's acceptable. It's okay. I'm like, you know, I never... See, this is going to sound weird because a lot of people have said Woody Allen was a masterful director instead of his performances. And I'm like, it's not about how good he is about getting a performance out of a person it's that the theme is disturbing in and of itself to me yep. like when you see a, a 60 year old man you know pimp, pimping on a on a on a 17 year old girl it's like now you're just you're explaining like a darkness that's deep within your own soul yeah and eventually, that's just going to lead to a fucking dis- even more disturbing special on HBO Max about who you really are as a person. So maybe work on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I never liked Wooden Allen movies. He always placed them in New York, and he never had minorities at all. And one of the cities that's the most diverse in the freaking world. F you, Willie Allen. Um, <laughs> just that noted. F you, Willie Yeah, Allen. I mean, I, I, never, I never cared for it either. I never thought... I never, I just, it was never my thing. Because again. So instead of doing that, what you can do is do like one of my favorite romantic comedies, The Best Man, starring Kay Dix itself, where you have kids in high school and their romance and then showing them when they're grown up. You can do both, right? Uh, you don't have to have an older kid macking on high school. Tay Diggs is not only a fabulous young, actor. They grew up together. Tay Diggs is not only a fabulous actor, he is one of the nicest people that um, you'll ever meet. So yep. yeah, um, I I sponsor anything Tay Diggs related because that dude is a fucking diamond of a human being, like yep. high quality. And another favorite romantic comedies of everyone. I talked about this actor before. So if you're a person still sitting here after all the things we're naming and go, I don't know if I like romantic comedies. If you remember the movie Groundhog's Day, I was going to mention that's that. a romantic comedy. Fantasy rom-com. The fantasy rom-com. 100%. So if you're a person out there that's like, "Ah, I don't know. Groundhog's Day is a romantic comedy. Romantic comedies are amazing and great. (laughs) So so if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you, what would be your favorite aspect of the romantic comedy formula? And you just lay it out in your mind. What would be your favorite aspect of the romantic comedy formula? Where I think the romantic comedy, because romantic comedies are for formulaic in a sense. Extremely like, so. End up. so like, there's two people who should be together. Maybe something happens in the middle that, you know, something happens keeping them apart. 
all these things are obscuring in the middle through those trials and tribulations they get together that's the formula right uh, like we know that two people were gonna meet eventually they're gonna fall in love and get together at the end so my favorite part really is the trials and tribulations mm -hmm. I think that's where romantic comedies either fall flat or get to the next level if you think about Princess Bride and all the trials and tribulations they get to I guess actually I'm a lot I'm gonna say this the trial and tribulations but I'm gonna mix it with the side characters, right? Because your trial and tribulations is really where the where the two people uh, have to go through everything. But more than anything, your side characters are the ones who are usually bringing in a lot of the comedy, right? A lot of the funniness mm -hmm. and really elevating those. So things like the Princess Bride, Groundhog Day, everything else, I think that your side characters in the trial and tribulations is what makes them next level. To ones that fall flat, like I have a picture here, if you're seeing this somewhere, guess who with Ashton Kusher? All the Tron tribulations they do is stupid, <sighs> make no sense, they, they're not fun or interesting, and that's why that falls. Bro, you know what, you know what, hold on, I gotta make a quick side stop here, very quickly. Please, indulge. First of all, that is, and I'm gonna be real nice, because it's Valentine's Day, so I'm gonna keep cursing to a minimum. Fuck that fucking movie yeah. a million fucking times. That is nothing more than a cheap at best fucking remake of one of the greatest motherfucking yep. films of all times, which is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And it's also a film that coincidentally stars some of the best actors and actresses in the history of the entertainment industry. So oh, to assume that you can actually make a funny film out of an actual landmark film that at its time was incredibly groundbreaking because of the issues that were taking place in this country is both insulting and extremely annoying. And look, no issue with Ashton Kutcher personally. I don't know the guy, but quite frankly, I don't really find him funny at all. Like, I think... I was, I was actually going to say he's my least favorite romantic lead. He's done a lot of romantic comedies, but none of them have been good. He was, a, um, like, he was at them. best, at best, what he did best, the two things that he did best, and again, I'm not trying to take merits away from him. I don't do that. I'm just saying that, you know, he was funny as a sort of dumb, likable guy in that 70s show when that was on 100 years ago, and, mm -hmm. and whenever he did the stuff that he did for Punked and whatever. But that was about it. You cannot expect... Someone, you cannot first of all rewrite a classic like that, and and to do that when the societal context is so different than what it was thirty plus almost forty years earlier is kind of insulting to the you know the the the, the entire crew that put together a film and the actors and actresses that put together a film that was meant to talk about what the problems were that we were facing in 1968 or 67 when that film came out. So guess who, to me, is garbage, and I'm sorry if that offends anyone. Actually, no, because you know what? If it offends you, you know shit about context, you know even less about society, and you really shouldn't even be watching films. Sorry, that is my fucking opinion. Yeah, my my yeah. apologies. Valentine's Day, I love you all, but I'm not going to take that shit. He was excellent, and dude, where's my car, though? 
I'm, I'm not going to say that one. Dudes Wear My Car, one of my favorite movies out there. Ashton Kutcher is great in it. Um, <laughs> sure, we'll give him that. He was great in Dudes Wear My Car. All my Dudes Wear My Cars fans, hit us up on Instagram, Trash Gathering Productions, Cinemagic. I feel like uh, you're doing that to fuck with me, and I can appreciate it, but... I actually think Dude Wears My Car is fucking timeless. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you straight up. Did you ever actually lose your car? Myself personally, I've had two cars stolen, so I guess I've. No, no, but that. Okay, wait a second. But no, no, that's not the question. You're you're running around this. I cannot. I've never lost my car. You've never lost your car. No. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, so same question to you about romantic economies. What's your favorite part? My favorite part is uh, watching the relationships develop, sort of the interplay, because I think um, part of what defines a good romantic comedy, at least for me, is can you, with the words and action, really develop the chemistry that's needed for you to cheer? Because part of what makes rom-coms great is you're cheering for that couple to get together and end up together. Mm-hmm. So is, is that chemistry sort of there? You know, do both characters have what they need to have? Is, and so I always love seeing that develop as it sort of goes. You know, you start off with the hatred, but can you take that hatred and turn it... Not always start off with the hatred, obviously, but, but yeah. can you turn that into something magical... Where by middle and end, you're like, shit, I'm really cheering for these two to, to, to get together, you know? And you know they will, but I mean, it's just like, yeah, does it make me say that? And I, I'm, as a person who I agree with you, I just love the side characters of rom-coms. I'm thinking Mannequin <laughs> yeah. really helps out with this, because Mannequin is... Hollywood? Like, oh, you're talking about Hollywood. Hollywood baby. Oh, come but on. Like, you Hollywood, Hollywood made character. Mannequin. Hold on a second. Meshach Taylor, as Hollywood, was Mannequin. Yeah. You know you know Meshach Taylor more than you even do Kim Cattrall because Kim Cattrall has to play the part of a, of, a, of an unknowing mannequin and I don't even know who her male lead was. The film is kind of cool and in the, in the in, you know the concept whatever, but it's Meshach Taylor as Hollywood that made that shit happen. I agree with you and I think that you need really compelling side characters <laughs> and I know people don't think that. They think only mm-hmm. the leads, but I'm like Nah, man, we have a really great rom-com. Your side characters, what helps you elevate them through the trial and tribulations, um, can sometimes surpass even the originals and make you go back to it. So You know what's because a great example your, of they're that? They're your stand-ins. They're your stand-ins for cheering on. Because, you know, they're the ones cheering them on in the actual story. Um, I, do you you want to know what's a great example of that? I'll give you, I'll give you three guesses. Because, hmm. actually, you came damn close earlier on to talking about a major side character in, in the film that I'm about to move. So I'll give you three guesses of a great example of that. Uh, I have to get these movies. Uh, it's a movie? Just, get, just three random movies. Guess them out. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I know you're not going to think of this, but I'm just going to say Sleepless in Seattle, My Best Friend's Wedding, uh, and The Big Sick. The film that I'm thinking of is Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. One of the best side characters in yeah. that film is Bill Murray. He fucking, like, I mean, he hits that so yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And that was actually very unique at that point in time. So that's a great example of how that side character added to the mix. 
Yeah. You can't think of Tootsie without thinking of Bill uh, of Bill Murray at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I, I agree with you. So that's why that's why I like it. But I think we have a lot of love for rom coms here as our discussion comes to an end. Mm-hmm. We've given so many recommendations for rom com. Any movie that we have mentioned, if you have not seen it, that's my recommendation. See any of them. Like um, the the cool thing is that rom coms have been kind of out of flavor in the in the box office, right? There's mm-hmm. not really a lot of big box office rom coms anymore. Mm-hmm. When streaming kind of came over and the box office was getting harder, those were the type of movies that kind of got pushed away and out. But streaming has brought so many rom-coms still to life that you could still find so many rom-coms being made on streaming. Netflix has a bunch of them. Amazon Prime got a bunch of them. Uh, you know, Hulu got them. Everybody got romantic comedy. So even though it's a sad time that they're not so out in theaters anymore, we still have so much more of them thanks to streaming. Yeah. So go and check out tons of them on streaming. Uh, there, there's so many good ones. Go check out any of them. Yeah. Ones that we mentioned are out here. Uh, a more recent one that was really good um, that I, is on streaming. Trapped in the Closet, parts 1 through 33. It's a love story. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to repeat that. All right. I said, I, said trapped, I said Trapped in the Closet. One. I said Trapped in the Closet, 1 through 33. Oh, oh, no, no, not that one. Always Be My Maybe. That's a really good one that you can mm-hmm. watch right now. That's on the Netflix. Uh, but, yeah... It's, it's such a good time to be a rom-com fan. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but it's good. You know what I mean? Because it's sad that they're not so big in theaters anymore. I'm going to say that. But it's good because we have more avenues and more of them than we've ever But look, look if you're with your partner, all right, with your number one love interest, what's great about rom-coms, having that streaming um, market is the following. You can share you can Netflix that. and chill. See, see, you're you're just talking about the the sex of time. I'm only talking about you, like you actually get to share that, and you don't have to worry about stupid assholes in the theaters. Like, oh man, this sucks. Like, because that that's something that kind of bugs. You. Like, whenever you go see a film and 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 some asshole comes in, especially with rom coms. Like, you don't have to, to deal with that, and, you know, you can sort of create the experience as you wish. So I think that's great um, if that's something that you want to share with your partner and, 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 and have it be a private, sort of unique moment, you know. And, and you know, if that leads to some chill, then absolutely. Yep. It doesn't have to, though. We here at Cinemagic are not all about the chill. I, I, hey, hey, it's Valentine's, it's Valentine's Day, baby. It's all about that Netflix and chill. You know what you gotta do? You gonna take your favorite boo, right? And boo is not gender specific. I don't care who it is. Take your favorite boo. Get up on that couch, get some laughs in, see a couple being together, cozy on up with that popcorn, because you know that popcorn is. Cut out something in the bottom of that pop, and then see what happens for the night. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's cinematic once <laughs> you. I'm kidding about the popcorn part, but really, it does. Oh, no, he's crazy. not kidding about the popcorn part. That's That sounded too fucking real. That <laughs> so fucking real. It sounded, I mean, look, if you're going to do it right, do the Saturday Night Live, Justin Timberlake, Andy Samberg. Know what I'm talking about? Get a box. 
In a box. Obviously, a popcorn box. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but make sure it's a, okay, for safety purposes, make sure it is a popcorn box. Make sure it is not a popcorn tin. Those things are made of metal. That shit will give you tetanus in the penis. Go to the dollar store. You can cut a hole. It's real easy. Make sure you tape around the... See, that's a pro move. Make sure you tape around the hole that you cut, right? You put tape around it so you don't cut anything. And then it's easy to put in. It's only a dollar at the you know, dollar store. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, <laughs> not, that, not that I've ever done this. And you should always have consent from your partner to know that something is going to be in there. Okay. Some little now, salty. You and can do even... the same thing, ladies out there. Don't think that there's anything wrong. You can do the same exact thing. See, what you like to do this is what I call it. I put a side hole, right? And I like to spread open my legs, put the bucket down, put a little side hole there. And be like, oh, you got to reach, reel in, and then. Well, you know, um, okay, so I'm, I, you know, you, brought, you opened this door, so I'm going to have to close it. And here's how I'm going to close it. This fucking guy is serious. I'm just saying he bought a specific article of clothing in Italy that I can't describe for fear we might get canned. Like, our asses... Let's just say that's what I'm going to be using on Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways... That's us from Sin Imagine Podcast. Get out there, do some loving with all your loved ones. Give some loving, <laughs> give some uh, give some chocolate, some flour, and remember that Valentine's Day is also a day of friendship. So um, be kind to everybody and make every day Valentine's Day because friendship and love is what we need more of in this world instead of this fucking division that we have going on right now. So please make sure love your fellow humans. People. I, and I love you. I love you, my co-host, with the most, Rick Acevedo. And Thank I love you, all you listeners brother. out there. We'll see you next week. Cinematic.